1: What's up everybody, welcome back to WWF Wrestling with Freddie Thank you guys so much for uh, listening so far And uh, I'm really excited to introduce this guest Because I never had the pleasure of working with him I left the company before he came in And uh, now it's time to start the show
0: Now stepping up to the mic The host of Wrestling with Freddie Freddie
1: Prince Jr. So, everyone, please welcome the awesome, the fantastic, by my command, the next king of the ring, Mr. Xavier Woods. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. Thank you for that uh, incredible introduction. Oh, oh yeah You're right. too kind. You're too kind. No, I'm telling you, the only other American besides Harley Race and Jerry Lawler that I think would look good in a crown... <laughs> otherwise we all look like john goodman <laughs> and king ralph and, and he looked great yeah he looked great. i mean he even rejected it at the end you know what i mean he knew it didn't look good right. he knew it didn't look good he looks great now though um thanks for coming out to los angeles man Yeah, dude of
2: course we haven't had a chance to actually sit and hang out and chat in such a long time
1: so. i haven't gotten to see you in the flesh since i was your dungeon master yeah. I think wow. that was the last time. Um and we had a ton of fun and we can even talk nerdy stuff if uh, yeah, if you cool. want. But before we get into that, um we kind of met like I said, you you didn't you weren't at the company when I worked there. Yeah. And so we kind of met because I I became a fan of yours and I still watch wrestling to this day and I still watched when I left and I watched this dude and I wasn't educated on TNA. I watched this dude come in that was you, and you had a backstage segment. And I think the first one was with Kofi, and then after that, it was Big E. And it was this young, brash, good-looking wrestler. I'm blowing smoke, but this is what what came through. (laughs) And I remember sitting there going, who is this, and what are they trying to do? And you, Kofi, and Big E formed a faction – which is very difficult to get over with fans, let alone within the company. <laughs> it's, diff- it's difficult. Yeah. Um, and when you guys came out, I heard some of the strongest boos that I had ever heard a tag team receive. <laughs> and they started screaming to the... It changed from boos to full Kurt Angle hate where it was New Day sucks was a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, man, but you're committed though. And you guys did something crazy. And it doesn't happen often, man. In fact, it's hard for me to find another time that it has worked in the last 25 years. You guys went from booed to over in a way that I haven't seen and I don't know how long. And it went from New Day sucks to New Day rocks. And you guys were using trombones And now then I watch it years later and you're in these like bamboo beatdown matches (laughs) with the Usos and stealing the show and the crowd goes crazy for you guys everywhere you go. How the hell did you do this? (laughs) Uh I don't know. I don't know. See what I'm saying? It's
2: you're first off, you're you're beyond kind. You're this I don't know. It's 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 a weird process. It's a weird journey because I'm trying to figure out how to say this. It's
1: like the, I don't know a stand-up comic who's been hated and then loved. Yeah, and that's the closest thing to wrestling that I can put in show business.
2: I feel like the reason that happened is because, regardless of like what the three of us are doing, we have uh, this 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 unreal chemistry together. Where like. It's like that we can finish each other's sentences, like that type of stuff, but it's on a different, it's like a different comedic timing level. It's not just like we're friends, it's almost like we have the same style of, of dropping jokes, of timing on those jokes, of the weird pop culture references of those jokes. Um, for instance, so uh, we were at Waffle House, it was Kofi, myself. So well, of, it.
1: it's always, of course, it's a waffle. <laughs> well, house. yeah. Well, because it's the only
2: thing that's open after a show. <laughs> okay. So we got to go to both Fair both those late night breakfast places. Uh, and someone came up and they said, they said someone's name was, uh, their last name was Hauser. And Kofi and I immediately both went, Doogie? I went to high school
1: with him. <laughs> <laughs> Not joking. Doogie Hauser? I got, I got suspended my senior year for sticking up for Neil uh against rob bone he was a he was this guy in my school he talked smack about about neil and said stuff that i didn't like and Neil was the reason i started drama yeah uh because i saw him do a dudley moore impression like the day you choose electives and i was like i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. and i still can't do a good one (laughs) um but he spoke out the side of his face and he got hit and he played football i didn't so i got suspended But yeah, so shout out Doogie Hauser. Hey, shout out. <laughs>
2: this is the goat, man. So this guy's um, name's
1: Hauser. You guys
2: both just instantly know, say Doogie. Doogie. And people were like,
1: how did how did you both come to Doogie? That's how you guys interact in the ring, though. Yeah. That's how you guys would do whatever, like whatever group or person you guys were going against when you guys yeah. would talk trash on him. It was always. But that's why, that, again, that's why it works,
2: because there's that chemistry of, like, anything that I say, they will laugh. Anything that they say, I will laugh. Like, so no matter what we say, whether they're bad jokes or things that are just ridiculous, like, as long as we're laughing and having a good time, someone's like, oh, God, these, oh, these guys. It's not, you can't, it's hard to hate when people are just, like, having a
1: good time. So so this know? is a high-level thing. So Larry David has a similar philosophy. Mm-hmm. He says, when you have confidence in yourself and in your jokes, there are no bad jokes. There's only bad audiences. And so he'll turn it on even more if he knows it's bothering you just to drive that point home to the point where he got his own TV show and everyone fell in love with what is in essence a horrible person. Yes. And when you guys were heels, you were pulling this off. And it was—I don't want to call you guys unicorns because you guys actually came out with unicorn horns. Very good reason for that, though. But it's a—it's probably dirty. No, it's not is at it all. not? No. Okay, I was going to say I, this so, is G-rated. I'm so, just kidding, you no. guys.
2: <laughs> Uh, so, my girlfriend in high school, she would always talk about this movie, The Last Unicorn. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not watching this, whatever. <laughs> Finally, we sit down and I watch it. And I'm like, this is the most amazing animated film I've seen. ever seen. So, the whole, the whole, <laughs> I know, I know. The whole idea of the movie is that this is the last unicorn and magic is almost gone because there's only one unicorn left. Unicorns sure. are the ones who bring magic. And so, in my head, we came up with this thing that we brought magic back to wrestling. And we're like, oh. <gasps> So we're unicorns. That, that's what my brain did. <laughs> and so we said it in a promo once, and it was hilarious to us. And so then we started coming out with our fingers on
1: our heads. To us, people listening, like, I, if you're insecure about your art, what he just said is great. It was funny to us. Hmm. It was funny to us. That's uh, – we'll talk about that later. I'm sorry for interrupting, no, that's, but that's, that's like, a, hugely important, a great man. point. So there's
2: a clip that I just recently saw. Uh, it's an older clip. It's Kevin Nash, and he's talking to somebody, and he's explaining – he he says like screw those 20,000 people in the arena anything that i'm saying on a microphone is for me and maybe seven people in the back and that's about it and i was like i sent it to the guys i was like this is us yeah like we're we're legitimately just trying to make each other laugh but that that type of fun it's something that you want to be a part of. Like, if I see a group of people and they're laughing at something, even if I didn't think it was funny at first, I'm like, but they're having a really good time. You know what? And the the, 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 <laughs> yes. point, the point of our existence, again, I'm going to get a little existential because I'm, I'm in that zone, um, is to have fun. Yeah. I don't know what this life is. I don't know if there's a point. I don't know if there's a meaning. So what should I do in order to to to, to get the most out of this? Well... I should enjoy it as much as possible. And if I can do something that then translates into other people enjoying their experience here as well. Because we could all, this could all blow up tomorrow. Comet might hit like dinosaurs. We might be poof.
1: It better not. I got big plans
2: this year. I know, right? I know. But that's, that's the thing that makes me believe. Do what is going to make you smile. Do what's going to make you happy. And that in turn is going to hopefully extend to other people and make them happy. And so you're talking about people hating us is because we fully committed to that yeah, idea man. that I just said. Like, It's the power of positivity and at first you hear it and it's like, even us, when we heard it, we we're like, oh, we're gonna be like, <sighs> it's like a choir thing, gospel, this is not what we were thinking <laughs> about when we brought all this to you, but fine. And so we thought, we got the ball, so we have to fully commit. And there's there's been situations where people think like, ah, man, I got this thing thrown at me, ah, you know, whatever, this, this sucks, so I'm just gonna try to get it change. It's like, whoa. This is our shot. In my head, there's like, this is my last shot. I wasn't in a good place like before this. This is the the best that I felt in wrestling is with these two guys. And I I really believe that that we have something. And so it was like, we have to fully commit to this because this is what we wanted. And so when we did that, everybody got so upset because it is so corny at this point in time to try to be positive, which is such a weird thing to say, right?
1: Of course. But but it it makes people, because they were still coming off like, the John Cena days yeah. where it felt forced upon them. Mm-hmm. But you guys were almost a heel doing it as opposed to the baby face doing it. So they were allowed to be, yeah. it was a different kind of hate. And I'm still trying to figure out how it changed to love. It's, it's because we we gave them exactly what we were. So
2: it became, we don't like this because this is ridiculous. And then when we fully committed, it became, you know what? If they're going to play the game... We'll play the game with them. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. Yeah, because people understand cheering is good, booing is good. It is. Yeah, silence is bad. And I think that people understood that, and they saw these are three guys who are trying to make the best out of what they're handed. And I think that even if it's not in the foreground, like it's in your in the subconscious back of your mind, you understand what you're doing. You understand what you're watching. You're understanding what your interactions
1: mean to someone. And when you see someone committed to the work, it makes it very easy to watch. Yes. I remember when I would teach the their promo class, um, I showed them the scene from Liar Liar where Jim Carrey is trying to write the word red. Mm-hmm. And because his son made a wish for his dad not to be able to tell, to tell a lie for a whole day, he can't do it. And he writes the word blue. And he's like, what? No, right? Ride it. And all of a sudden, his hand gets angry at him, and it attacks him. And he's like, no, you're going to ride it or I'll break it off. And it's so over the top and ridiculous that if he didn't commit 100% to that, that's the worst scene in the history of film. Instead, you can't take your eyes off it. And as ridiculous as it is, when his arm starts, the wing, chicken wing Mm -hmm. things, he has everybody captured in this and then at the end of the scene he comes up and his face is covered with the word blue and he's like the goddamn (laughs) and and i'm looking at everybody and i'm trying to tell them i would also play them stand-up because i compare the two art forms it's as close as i can make a comparison to because it's not like the movie business at all and i learned that very quick when all my promos would get rejected because they were like eight minutes long (laughs) but when i watched you guys turn face so to speak and for people that aren't wrestling fans who are just like listening for the stories when you go from a good guy or a bad guy to a good guy they say you're turning face because you're a baby face now and everybody's gonna love you um you guys made this turn Mm -hmm. and you have this life outside of wrestling as does Kofi as does E that you guys are very very public about And you bring a lot of yourselves into these WWE characters Mm -hmm. in a time where that was done. Because if we back up, when I was a kid, everything was 100% real. These were sporting contests. They were fights. It was like Ali versus Holmes. Mm -hmm. And then after Montreal, everything kind of got flipped on its head. And all of a sudden there was this argument of, well, it's this much real and this much. Real. But back in the old days, you weren't necessarily Dr. Death. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, But you had to live that gimmick because if you were a bad guy signing autographs in the back, how bad a guy are you, right? And then after the screwdrop happened, all that went away and people were like, yeah, man, it's just a show. It's just characters. You... Especially, but Kofi and and N.E. as well have found what I find to be this sort of beautiful hybrid where you've literally brought back living the gimmick, which should make the old heads happy. And if you're not, just listen and think about that for a second. You're living the gimmick. You got yourself over first, then got the gimmick over. And it's almost like old school wrestling all over again. But the real MTV's real world season one <laughs> version of it. it's so crazy to me. and you literally it's almost like watching old school wrestling again, but through a contemporary lens because yeah. young people frigging love you guys. they love you guys. they they may be watching the internet all the time and don't know about cable TV, but they love you guys and they watch you and they follow y'all on social media. And you're so interactive with them, whereas a lot of the older heads just aren't. Or if they are, they're just complaining. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get it. You don't get it. It's like, well, you both
3: don't get it. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles, because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
1: <laughs> but you guys have this crazy attitude of like, "Hey, if I don't get that, get me hip to it." And and you, it's I've seen it since the first segment I watched you do is the same way you've been in gaming, in cosplay conventions, in playing the bass. In which I'm sure you'll be doing at WrestleMania one day, doing to your own theme music.
2: We'll see, I mean, my my price is gonna jump pretty quick. So, yo, we'll man, see, I'm like, pretty nasty on it.
1: What you guys have done, I mean, am I crazy? Is this just me overthinking it, or do you see yourself as like, yo, it's not even a gimmick. It's I'm living this, and this is me, and I just found a way to make it work. I
2: think I think the biggest part of it. So, uh, okay, so to go back to, let's say. Uh, developmental. So like SCW, uh, we'd have promo days and you can come as whatever character or whatever thing, cut whatever promo you want. For me, it became a thing of, all right, I'm not, you know, six. This is like my, what my script since I was little has, has been like, I'm not going to be six two. I'm not going to be like 250 pounds. Like I got to figure out like, what can I do to, to like, rise to the or whatever, you know? On. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's why I learned how to play trombone cuz I was like okay maybe if I have an instrument, you know, something's there. Wrestling I, made you want to learn it. Wrestling made me literally do everything that I've done in my life. Oh my God. I played sports for every semester and every term whatever because in my head I had to be an athlete all year long. Because I
1: had to get ready for wrestling. I figured you were a band nerd who got buff and wanted to wrestle. No. I'm not even playing. No.
2: <laughs> started oh in 7th grade. I so I started wrestling because I wanted to wrestle, obviously. Yeah. Um, I tried football prior, like when I was in elementary school, but it was, we played pound ball in Georgia. So you're, you're on a team based on how much you weigh. And me and my best friend were real fat kids. So we were playing <laughs> like 13 year olds and we were like nine and it just did not work. So I they hit me so hard. My helmet broke. I cried. I quit. And so when I go out for wrestling, my dad is like, you know, it's not like that wrestling, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I got, but I would need to learn something because I can't defend myself I'm just like I was a little pudgy fat nerd yeah and I was nervous because wrestling's the truth man it is it it changes you man it makes you so accountable not just like in a sport but in life because football you could be killing it but 10 people don't want to back you up yeah now now you've lost as well wrestling it, it taught me how to be so accountable Because if I lost, it's because I messed up. I've heard word
1: for word so many wrestlers, like Uh, amateur wrestlers uh, say that. Yep, 100%.
2: And it it made me translate that to life. So if we fast forward some, so there's like, okay, I need to learn a language and a little bit of Spanish because, you know, uh, I kind of want to wrestle in Mexico. It's the closest country to me that speaks a different language where I could possibly wrestle later in life. So I started learning Spanish. Um, I had incredible stage fright. So my friend convinced me they were looking for guys to be in show choir. And I was like, I'm not saying I'm doing that. She goes, you have stage fright, don't you? I said, yeah. She goes, how are you going to be a pro wrestler if, for you can't, real? if you can't sing and dance in front of people? I said, Geez. so I joined show
3: <laughs>
2: to get over that. In college, I was a cheerleader because I knew I wasn't going to be tall, so I tried to get more agile so I could learn how to do stuff. So, like, literally every decision that I've made in my life was to try to gain a skill that might possibly help me in wrestling. And so when I got to the point where I was in developmental, I was like, cool. Now I need some sort of gimmick. I need something. So I tried to be the son of Papa Shango. (laughs) Shango." Um, So I was a motivational speaker. I was that 90s guy. So I had like a yak back, turtle's backpack. You know, I tried to be like like me, essentially. Um, I... I uh, tried to be like a real American with Jack Swagger. Uh, I, I had so many different things and to the point. I
1: remember the Jack Swagger. Case. Yeah, yes, right. Yeah. So
2: I tried so many different things to the point where one one time um, I got a review that said, uh, like, I have too many ideas. <laughs> so in my head, in my. in my yo, How is that a bad thing? Yeah. I've never
1: heard that as a criticism in I my said, life. That's right? <laughs> and so
2: in my head, I was like, I don't even understand what that means. Um, so I just, I would just, like get, get upset and like, I'm not, I'm going to make more ideas. I'm going to try to be more creative. And I had so many people telling me like, this will never, I have a list, a legitimate list. Breeze will tell you this. He's seen this. I have a list of things in developmental that I wanted to do. And I, it's a list of things that people told me I will never be able to do. And I'm almost done with it. I'm almost done that checking things so off good. of it. It feels just, so good. It's disgusting how good it feels. Yeah. And so all of that is why, like, once it got to the point where we could try to create a new day. I, I had this this idea in my head and I didn't I don't know if I ever voiced this to to the guys or if it was something that I was consciously doing but I quickly realized in trying to figure out how to get our our chemistry and in-ring stuff all together and to the point of the, chem- the chemistry that we have now which we were able to get from house shows. We were on house shows for like four or five months before we were sure. on Sure,
1: and for those who don't know, that's when they're on the road all the time, working matches, doing promos, doing things, but there's no TV cameras there. It's just for the people mm-hmm. that come to the house. Yes,
2: so, so having, having that set up helped us a lot, but in trying to get our chemistry down, we kind of shed the gimmick because that wasn't, that, the, the gimmick became secondary to our chemistry. And then once we realized that, we've leaned fully into our chemistry, and then it could be literally whatever it wanted to be. You know, you guys,
1: you said shed, right? Because it's an evolution. Yeah, and it's the cocoon to the butterfly. It's so funny. Like one of the ways I, as a, as a young buck, that I always kind of would see if like wrestling was over is like, did they get a word over? Did they yeah. get a phrase over? Yeah. Things like that, like. Steve Austin got the, the what over but what one of the best if not the, the best, but to me I hate it because it kills promos, right? Like if somebody, somebody doesn't know their stuff. Shut it down. Then they get But that, that that's what I like
2: because if the crowd is Look not there you. interacting, trying to mess with us, trying to knock us off our game.
1: Like to me, that is what pro wrestling is, is what do you do when you mess up? This is why I say with, it's like stand-up with, comedy. We, you guys are like boxers yeah. in there, and the crowd is the opponent. <laughs> yes,
2: and and they want you to outsmart them. They want you to hit him with a zinger. They want to be shut down because then they go, "Oh, he's good." Yeah, and that's that's what all this is. If you go a, B, C, D, e, if you're like that's whatever, cool. That's that's fun. Everything works. People like it. Everyone enjoys
1: it. But what do you do when things go awry? I remember the first time I saw Roman. Get the crowd with his promo. Mm. And I literally was like, either he just figured it out or he just took like a full court shot and made it. Yeah. But it was the first time they stopped whating and were did that exact moment. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm sitting here going as a writer, right? Going, Oh God, I hate the wood. I've seen And you're like, mm. no, give it to no. me. Get that's what and that's why you're able to get these ideas over and get them through people. People know when it's real.
2: Yeah, it's so it's so much more fun because now, now we're playing. This is all, all, all of this is a game, and they are a part of the show. Yeah. They want to be, and they are a part of the when show. When you're watching wrestling on TV, you cannot even almost feel the energy in the building. You cannot, cannot even almost comprehend or even almost fathom what the energy is like, but you can hear it that's the indicator. So even if I'm watching something and I'm not fully invested or not, I'm not, I'm cooking dinner or something, but I hear the audience, I go, ah, I need to turn and watch that. Yeah, yeah. That makes it so much better. How many matches, if you would have seen just like with no crowd, flat, no noise,
1: the match, oh, this is a good match, but that energy that you're, that you're a, trying to experience through audible. This energy. is a good point. Cause I was, like I said, I was kind of like anti-crowd. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, this is gonna be brutal. I'm not joking. I was like, finally I can watch what I wanna watch the way I wanna watch it. Da 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 da, da. And after the first one, I was like, oh man, I really miss yeah. crowds. This is
2: brutal. Yeah. I was way wrong on that. It's, it's 100% a hundred percent wrong. Studio wrestling, like it's it's not easy. Everything hurts ten times worse. Yeah. Because there's no adrenaline. Yeah. You're trying to create it and and hope like you get to a point where not that like you can just wrestle and know automatically if it's good or bad. But, like, you have a feel for, like, this was
1: entertaining, maybe. Oh, the crowd's you know. going to let you know. Exactly. Like, they have their chance, too, that they got over. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've heard you guys get your This Is Awesome. It's like, that's a that's a powerful thing. To yeah. It's instant gratification. Yeah. Like, if I make a movie, it's eight months before you see it. Yes. And I've already decided how I feel. Yep.
2: Like, there's no, for, for me, there's, like, no point in any of this if there's no test. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be tested. I want to pass. I want to fail. I want to get
1: better. I want to know where I'm at. You're not big on participation trophies, I'd imagine. No. <laughs> no, dude.
2: Like, don't give it to me. Like, I didn't earn this yet. Yeah. It's... I don't want it if I haven't earned it. And the only way I can find out if I've earned it is if I'm tested on the material.
1: So, before we nerd out. Yeah. I just want a lot of people listening because I I... I do believe a lot of people from social media that that follow both of us will watch this, and I do believe a lot of those people are artists in some way, shape, or form, whether it's painters, animators, sculptors, wrestlers, actors, musicians, whatever. Um, Everything Woods has said, I hope you guys go back and listen to, because it's literally the blueprint for how to stay true to yourself And your ideas, and we hear the term shill thrown out a lot these days, a shill is someone that is catering to the fans. And that is the the opposite of what an artist should be doing. They should be making the art they love Mm -hmm. and then expressing themselves truthfully and honestly. And then the power becomes the fan or the audience. And you get to decide whether you love it as well or whether you don't connect to it. But a lot of artists and younger ones, and this is with social media and a like button, I see a lot of you asking people, what should I paint? What should I sing? What should I do? And I always want to like, if I had your number, I would call you and be like, don't ever do that again. I want you to sing what you love or play the cello with a song that you like. Like, Don't, don't ever ask my opinion ever. I'll let you know if I like it or if I don't okay. when you're done. But be true to yourself and make art for yourself. That's what stand-up comedy and wrestling still have in in by the dozen compared to all other art forms movies are way different now there's so much cgi there's so much less honesty that we can that we can put out there because the animators who put up honest work don't even have control of the edit Mm -hmm. and don't even have control of what music's going behind what they can take a line i said in one scene and if i said the same line in another they could put it in there Mm -hmm. so it's when you're in that live audience. That's so funny. You had stage fright. Oh, the worst. You have like the worst. 0% stage fright now. I was like you're the opposite. What's the stage courage? You Stay, have stage sing, courage.
2: But, but at the same time, like you were saying, just getting to be myself. I don't that's know. the scariest thing is playing yourself. Yeah, but at the same time, the reason that I'm like, why where I, where I feel so comfortable in this is because. I was doing what other people were telling me all the time, taking everyone else's advice except except my own, I guess. And once I got to the point where I said, you know what? I wanna throw my own punches. If I get knocked out, good, because now I know that I'm not supposed to be here. I failed the test. Yeah. I don't have what it takes. My mind is not built for wrestling. My body's not built for wrestling, whatever. I need to go and do something else. If I'm constantly throwing someone else's punches and I get knocked out, now, I'm going to be blaming people constantly for the rest of my life for messing up my shot. It wasn't their shot. It was mine. And I decided what to do with it. And if I don't succeed based on your advice, that's my fault. That's how demons are created. Exactly. Yeah. And then that, that it ruins your life. It's a pit in your stomach, in the back of your brain. Yeah. I would much rather fail on my own accord and understand, come to terms with the fact that I'm not as good as I thought I was. I, there's my reality
1: check amateur wrestling accountability exactly <laughs> it's, it, i legit
2: it's, it's all rolled into one so if i'm able to go out on my own terms and i and i win that night i don't go oh cool I, I won forever no no i have to win every night but i have a little more confidence and the next time i go out there i have more confidence that i'm going to win again yeah and then every time i do that i feel like i'm going to win again i'm going to win again so at that point i stop caring about do i need to have a gimmick and have a mask i said no screw this I like me, my friends like me. And legit having that relationship with them, being on camera with them, doing promos with them, matches with them, gave me that confidence that I don't have to put on a mask or be a different character in order to make money at this place. I can just be me as a human person. I have interest in video games, in The Last yeah? Unicorn, in Bass, last in, in unicorn. all these different things. And it's like, if you don't rock with it, cool, I'm already here, dude. And regardless, if you like me or not, I'm about to have a banger bell to bell, so like, you you can't be mad. You can dislike <laughs> you can dislike the character <laughs> of Xavier Woods, but like Austin Creed has done nothing but worked his ass off right. in order to try his and best. And brought to the magic you. back. And if you don't like it, that's so cool.
3: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. And stories, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things
4: that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
2: It's totally, you don't have to like what I do. You don't have to enjoy my art. That's totally fine. I have, I have this, this, this feeling that comes over me when I'm, when I'm performing that that is all that I need. The way that it makes me feel, that's all that I need. So if you love it, I love you for it. Thank you. And if you can't stand it, I love you for it. I I bless you. But it's, it's just that feeling being out there with those guys. It's,
1: it's incredible, dude. It's funny. I wasn't, as comfortable as you are until I got in my thirties, mm-hmm. which you are now yeah, That's about the same and thing. before that, like all the movies I was doing, it was always, I didn't believe in my ideas. I would do whatever the director said, oh, that has to be better than, than what I did. Yeah. And I was kind of learning on the job and it wasn't until I got into my thirties where I was really felt comfortable on camera. This is no lie. My dream career, would be the actor Ron Perlman's career. He was always in prosthetics. His face was always covered. Yeah. He was Hellboy in the original Hellboy movies. He was the preacher in that weird Island of Dr. Moreau movie. Oh he, my, God. He, he was? Yes, he oh. was Beast from Beauty and the Beast, Man. the live action show in the 80s. I love Island of Dr. Moreau. He was, I know, that movie, movie people trash on it. Uh, it's that's a good movie. I've seen it a lot, yeah. man. And I'm always trying to like, why do people hate it? Yeah. I really like that. You know who the cheetah was, right? No. Mm. Mark DeCostos, that Filipino action star. Or American Filipino can action we, star. Can we redo this? <laughs> can I be your little, your little buddy? <laughs> You're the doctor. Let me get humongous, bro. <laughs> yeah. That would be the greatest movie ever. Um, so Sorry. okay, so we agreed Sorry. on that. Well, that's yeah. a good segue because i want to finish on nerding out Mm -hmm. so you and i a few years ago uh there was an app called the dc app Mm -hmm. uh dc universe and you could watch shows like teen titans i think they just call it titans yeah um and uh they had doom patrol which if you haven't seen you should actually watch that i've seen a few episodes and it's really funny (laughs) and i love brendan Fraser so much Um, Sarah made a movie with him and I got to hang out with him more than her. And I literally was like, dude, I wish we were brothers. And he was like, so do I. And he's just this giant Canadian guy with a huge heart and I love him. So anyway, you should watch that. Um, but anyway, we made a show there. That was a tabletop role-playing game, which for those of you who don't know, is like Dungeons and Dragons, only they've made Dungeons and Dragons in all kinds of worlds. Some of them are in space, some are in the future, some are in the Wild West, some are you know, D&D. And uh, we made one that was in the superhero world. And uh, I have been, and I don't even know if this is going to come to fruition, but I'm just so excited I want to talk <laughs> about it. I have been trying to get a meeting with the people at HBO Max who absorbed the DC app, mm-hmm. And uh, show them what we did there, and try to get going. And they watched it, and they reached out, and they set up a meeting, and they want to talk about maybe doing more yes, of DC All Stars. So so
2: much fun for those of you who don't know. <laughs> oh my
1: God! We literally is an '80s game, and so our our dungeon master or game master was this dude named Sam Witwer. Everybody loves Sam, mm. and uh, he wrote this basically the Breakfast Club for superheroes movie only with dice rolls so it's a very linear story we the characters there's an element of improv to it but he knows where his story is going to go and can control it so if if you want to see the pilot it's out there they they put the first one for free on youtube and you had to pay for all the other ones um, but you can just kind of see what it is. So I'm going in there, and I'm going to pitch them a few different versions of yes. it. I want to pitch them a villain's version. But I want to see if they'll be down to continue our story, because yeah. I felt like we had a lot more to do. Yeah, You and I had my favorite interaction ever in a tabletop role-playing game. Our characters had these secret goals. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yes. And my character was a nerd. I was I was the dork from Breakfast Club. And had no friends and was, like, good with computers. And everyone was crapping on me and, like, making fun of me. And uh, by the end of the game, we've revealed our real, our true identities. Mm -hmm. I was super dude and you were bat guy. Mm -hmm. And we're up on this, like, pedestal of this torn down chapel. And we're looking in and we see the bad guys in there. And I had this special skill that if I could make one friend... In this game, I would be immune to this one particular character's uh, attacks. And we don't know each other's goals. And so this is like when you're saying you can finish these other sentences and things like that. So we're both sitting up there and I look at you and I go, we're about to go into battle. And I saw it and I go, hey, hey, man, are you my friend? And what did you say? Yes, I am. And I literally threw my paper in the air and I was like, I'm jumping in and I'm taking out Lex Luger. And you said, if I make a friend, his attack doesn't work. So screw you. And Sam just throws his pencil in the air and he's like, oh my God, what did I do? Why did I give the secret? And I had so much fun playing these. So by now you guys are figuring out that I'm a big dork. You put me on to a DM who's a dungeon master that I want to give love to. And uh, they told me since this is my podcast, I'm allowed to, to do this. <laughs> do what I want. Um, his name is KG Tang. Mm-hmm. And he had an online professional wrestling D&D league called D&DW, which you did. Yes. And you were like this, what? It was like a luchador Yeah, f- I was a luchador.
2: Uh, solamente Espanol Parti.
1: Oh, sí, sí, sí. did you hit him with Spanish oh, on sí, the sí. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are seeing the nerdy stuff. So Woods calls me. From the game. Yes. I think it Face just ended. from the game. Yeah. We, we just played.
2: And I was like, oh, my God, Freddy would love this.
1: So this guy literally, yeah, he FaceTimes me. He's like, dude, you got to come do this Dungeons & Dragons wrestling game. Uh, are you down? And I was in my truck eating a sandwich. I was like, Yeah, man, sure. But then I told them I was like, I gotta call Freddie Fritz." They're like, wait, what? I said,
2: Yeah, yeah, Freddie would love this. What? And so they're like, So when i show them that
1: it's of you, they're like, oh my god, he's gonna come and do the game. Dude, they were so good to me. Here's how this is the impression you left. This is how good they were to me. So I call this guy. He's this awesome dude who does voices, he's a voice actor. He's great. And he does wrestling voices as well. And so his like announcer for the wrestling league is I think like an orc or troll version of Jr. And so the voice is like, Oh my God. <laughs> so he's already locked in on that. And, uh, he writes every story for every single session. And I mean, puts in work on it and he says, Hey, uh, it's a monsters only. It's monster. It's a monsters only. He had this rule. It's a mo- I don't, it's, I don't know why that makes me laugh, but he goes, it's a monsters only Wrestling League, what's your favorite monster? And so now my whole memory is wiped because I'm like, I'm thinking like, you know, elves and yeah. dwarves and all this stuff. And I go, the first one that pops in my head, I go, an owl bear. And <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, it's very self explanatory. Yes. It's a giant bear with an owl head and a lot of feathers instead of fur. And it's pretty darn tough. Yeah. So I, I hit this guy, KG, back. And uh, this is going somewhere, I promise. and I say, Hey man, can I be an owlbear? And he goes, Oh my God, I love you. Please be an owlbear. I said, okay. So I come in, he has me roll for some statistics. So you're rolling for things like strength, intelligence. That was a rough one for me. And then a bit of a backstory. You have some other stats that I won't bore you. And my backstory was I got cursed from eating this wizard and the curse was I could, I was now fluent in every language, um, but could no longer speak or understand my own. Okay. So I just hate everybody. I'm just grumpy and pissed off. Such a
2: weird person. Well,
1: you know, it was, it's wrestling. Yeah. So I'm going to be an indie league champion coming in with these other professional D&D players. And the one, her name is Christina V, Christina Valenzuela. I love her. She voices Ladybug Girl. If any of you have kids, your kids love her too um and she's the nicest out of all of them she's like oh my gosh hi i brought you a present she's a killer okay (laughs) she attacked me right away in the story she came to give me a hug made an agility role and the success of that was she slipped something in my sock that was gonna like affect me later right so i was like oh my god you're a horrible human being i love you will you please play it all my (laughs) rpg which she does now she's even played mafia with seth and claire and all of us and she's a gangster at that too um, shout out to the DW crew, by the way. So I'm loving all these people and I can't roll bad. Like no matter what I, and I always roll bad. Yeah. I'm like the king of the four. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just 17, 18, 20. I think I rolled three natural 20s uh in the match like that we were in against this like giant knight, and I killed a or not kill him, I take him out, and I got the belt, and I even did like a voice, and the point of this was <laughs> I modeled him after the big show. Yeah. And literally, so I made him British. So he sounded like this, but he was incredibly grumpy. And I even cut a promo. where I was like, <laughs> I have to listen to your stupid languages and hear you do-, <laughs> and do this whole thing. And I had to do it on the fly. <laughs> yeah. But it was, an inc- I'd never done that before. It was incredible. And off of that was when you asked me, To uh, sacrifice my life for a month and write you guys (laughs) uh, a tabletop RPG, which I love doing, man. I had a blast doing that. And now I can't stop. There's literally another one right in front of your face. It's so good. Um, So we're dorks. Yeah, just a little bit. And a lot of you probably are too. So in your face... <laughs> in your face. I haven't heard in your face. Well, so long. It was big when I was it in the big. 80s, man. I have my Z Cavaricis I'm bringing and it back. Like a Jimmy Z shirt, and i I'm, say,
2: In your face. So, okay, so funny thing. So, just for a second to go back to wrestling. So, like you just said, this is what's funny. Yeah. And so, I'm going to say that if I have a promo on Monday. Because it's funny to me. And I'll tell Kofi and E this story, and I'll go, Oh, this was funny. And they'll go, Yeah, in your face. It was. Uh, no, I said that in a long time. And we'll say it, and we'll giggle, and yeah. someone will go, what? Why did they say in your face? Yeah, to ridicule me. Yeah, it's yeah, perfect. <laughs> but that again, like just having fun, coming and doing this, like we're just having fun. I feel like this is what people enjoy.
1: You guys have created something that I love watching that makes my kids laugh, that makes me an old head laugh. <laughs> um, and I love what you guys have done for the business. I really feel, I don't like saying people have changed the business because everything changes the business. Yeah, constantly. But you guys have really helped the business evolve and find its way back to the future of WWE fans. And their their logo is, is you know, what, then, now, forever? Yeah. And it's that kind of evolution that makes forever a possibility. And I think wrestling, as crazy as it is right now, I think it's in a really good place, and I think it's due for really big things in the next couple of years. And I like all the competition going around right now, and I like the vibe that your generation is laying down, which is like, yeah, I'm going to elevate – but I'm going to pull all of you up with me. Yeah. And it may not be as fast as climbing over your head, mm-hmm. but I sleep better at night. And yeah. I love that so your is generation else. is down to do this. And I see it not just from you, but from, from other cats you've yeah. inspired. And I, it's just a different way of thinking. And I, uh, I love all you guys for it, but uh, you the most. Uh, oh, <laughs> Thanks, Aww. man. Love you too.
2: I just I think that seeing and, and hearing all of the, the stories from guys and girls in the previous, gen- men and women, excuse me, of the previous generation, and being able to learn from them and sit down. So like, I wouldn't be in WWE if it wasn't for conversations with Devon Dudley.
1: Yeah, so I got to
2: meet him, he was so cool. Like legit, so when I got released from TNA, I was, again, I was in that zone of, man, I bet on myself and I lost, maybe I shouldn't be a wrestler. Not realizing that in that point of life, so I'm still, I am still in college, and I, in my head I was like, I can just do my schoolwork and try to be a good wrestler not understanding that this is a job and jobs have politics and you need to be friends with people and you need to like make sure that people see you and you need to be knocking on doors to let people know that you want opportunities, things like that. That I just didn't understand at the time, you know, so uh, talking to Devon, he 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 gave me the game, you know. He explained all that stuff to me he's like this is how you were and this is probably why this happened he's like no one knows for sure like how things would have worked had you done things differently but he has so
1: much experience in a game that he can make educated
2: guesses like exactly and so knowing things like that and hearing things from him saying because then me telling him maybe I'm, i'm not cut out for this he said no you haven't you haven't exhausted all your options continue grinding continue hustling if this is something that you want yeah and you and you at one point thought you should be here like then, then continue to work, continue to grind, and continue to get better, and you will create more opportunities. Because people say like you find opportunities, or they find you. Like no, you create. You create. You em. create. The luck is the intersection of skill and opportunity. Yeah. So, like you have to be ready, and then you have to make things happen. My Godfather said it's it's luck is being prepared when the opportunity comes your way. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not, then you're of course you're gonna fail. And so, like by him sitting on the phone with me while I'm like I'm like crying to him. About oh dude I love goal, this you know? guy even more now Like I'm, I'm weeping and he's on the phone with me for like two hours Just like comforting me Making yeah. me feel better and then pumping me up about things By the end of the conversation I immediately got on the phone and start, started getting booked again Like it, he, he, the Devon Dudley
1: changed my life dude I love that guy I love him even more now He's the man When I did Punky Bliss and, and Flair came out And were nice enough to come and do like a bit with the new yeah. Punky girl yeah. And he was the agent that they mm-hmm. sent out And so while they were working, I would just like, talking to him and just yeah. nerding out. I was like, oh, dude, I used to watch it. How many tables do you think you went through? <laughs> like, just totally nerd. And he was really cool yeah. and nice to me, man. But he just looked so tough. It yeah, just, I dude. love, I, yeah, I got a soft spot just, for all y'all. He's,
2: he's he's the best guy, you know? And so, like, without that conversation, I wouldn't be sitting at this table with you. you like, yeah. you, we wouldn't have been talking. Like, I wouldn't be in there with Kofi and E. Like, I would, The none of this happens without Devon taking the time to, like, care about me, you know? Yeah. And so, for me, that is how... I've tried to make sure I'm trying to leave things better than they were when I got here because it's not wrestling. like doing things is fun and having goals. And once you achieve those goals, I feel like you then have the responsibility to make it better for the next person. Yes. There's still things that I want to do and still things that I want to achieve That's because as you, as you get to your goal, you're, you move the goalpost back some, cause you want to find something new. Absolutely. I've hit, I've hit what I wanted since I was a kid. So while I'm still trying to achieve things that I want, I also have to put equal energy into building a better path for the for the 16-year-olds that want to start
1: wrestling next year. And, and it's a harder it road ends. to walk, but it's a it's an unbelievably possible road to walk yeah. down. It's just a little bit harder and people uh, it's very difficult to say don't just look out for you, but you don't have to just look out for you. No. Once you get to a certain point confidence wise you really can bring others with you yeah. and i hope more artists start doing that it's just it's wrestlers leading the way what do you know about that <laughs> what do you know well, about that it's one of those things where you know you hear people like somebody got bullied and, and
2: this is just like in life like so somebody got bullied before they like got into a good position in life and then so like they're bullying people to like you know because that's how they were brought up like no like if you got bullied and then you became you know that that top person wouldn't you want to just make sure that people don't go through like the BS you went through you want to make it better
1: yeah so, put them in karate school don't bully them
2: yeah, yeah you know, so, <laughs> give them a scholarship <laughs> so so talking about Devon, just like other veterans who have like since you like given us the game like we know that there's certain things that we can do to make sure that we're better off yeah, you know man. like we we get to stand on their shoulders
1: and that's why he's doing that and sharing those two hours with you because yeah. he knew you'd be receptive to that yeah. he's not going to waste his time otherwise no
2: no but it's like we got to leave it better for the next people and they got to leave it better for the ones after them so like it's it's cool to see everything change and to be a part of such a, an interesting evolution of wrestling. To say the least. Because I, I feel like the past 10 years, wrestling is like very different.
1: Just from when I was there, it's there's nothing. This Women had a five-minute match when I worked there, yeah. and two minutes was their entrances. Yeah. They get two commercial breaks now. Like it, it's in the third hour yes. of Raw. Like it's for wrestling me. is night and day, yes. night and day. And I love it. It's just,
2: it's just better. We have so many, so many talented people, and there's so many talented people, not just in WWE, but in, in the world. Yeah, at, that are good at this. And like, if you don't like this one, then watch that one, and you don't have to bad off this one to say that you like this one. Like, there's so much space for everybody, tons, like everything.
1: Brother, you're the reason I know about wrestling, pro wrestling.
2: It's one of my favorite things to do is it, watch that.
1: Yo, it is. We're gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna go deep on it on another episode. Um, I even want <laughs> to bring Brian on. Yeah, I want to have Kendrick here for it because it's literally like if the kids in the hall from 1980s HBO and Mr. <laughs> Show and Vince McMahon somehow made a baby, <laughs> and that baby wanted to be a wrestler.
2: Ooh, can I say a thing? Yeah, side quest. Can you uh follow me on the socials? Oh, at of course. Austin Creed wins. And check me out on G4 TV
1: Bay Bay. Hey. Oh, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not ending this just yet. Oh. G4 <laughs> TV. So I'm not even gonna lie. When I found out they were casting for it, I legit talked to Sarah and I was like, yo, they're that was like a cool show, man. And she's like, You're so old. They're never. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I was just talking out loud. And then I see you tweet like. Yo, that would be like a sick job. And then it kind of, it got this movement. That's the power of your positivity. It got this <laughs> digital movement behind it. And all of a sudden you were like, yo, man, I'm going to be a host on G4. That's like a dream job. And I re- read the text. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Dude, it's like
2: so unreal. Because it's like, that's that's what like all the hustle has been for. Bro. Especially like in, in gaming and stuff. Because like, again, learning from guys like Devon, learning from veterans like that who are kind enough to have these conversations, like- that transitional period from stopping wrestling and starting something else is weird, but then you sure. think about in any profession, as you're getting older and maybe like phasing out of some doing something, and you got to start chapter three or four, or whatever you want to call it. It's like, what do oh, what do I do? And it's so, scary. Yeah. So in my head, it's like, how can I make that transition as easy as possible without feeling that anxiety, at like nearing the end of my career, whenever that may be? And it's like just be in the space. And so getting getting the the green light from G Four like. I don't know. That for me, that's the biggest jump that I have have made in my head because that to me is like, all right, we accept you in the gaming space. Yeah, like for real now. I
1: totally get that. There's
2: always in my in the back of my head. I'm I'm. If you haven't realized, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a very anxious person. And so whenever I do gaming stuff, even though I've been in the space for like six years now, there's that. Oh, who's this random wrestler guy on my TV? Like, and I did EA Play. Mm-hmm. I know there's hella people that are watch that that have no clue who Xavier Woods is. Yeah. And don't care, you know? Um, and they go, Oh, oh, they just hear WWE like, Oh, he's a random wrestler, he doesn't know anything about video games, but then my my job in my head is like I have to be so much more cautious, not cautious, but conscious, um, of, of getting myself to a position where they go, Oh. Um and so being able to do that to the point of becoming a G four host tells me my transition should be should be okay. And
1: hopefully. it's with something you love. You know, yeah. power of positivity people and we'll speak to you guys next time peace this has been a production of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network for more podcasts from iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.